You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome to another episode of the Your Jewish Life Your Way podcast with me, Karen Cinnamon. We are into a new year. We are in 5783. I want to keep that fresh, exciting energy going. And I could be really good fun to invite Nata Goldberg onto the podcast. Nata, I met earlier this year in Israel. She is a Jewish life mindset manifestation coach. And I spoke to her recently for the podcast because Actually, what are your thoughts on manifestation and how do you intend to use manifestation this upcoming year or do you just think it's not your thing and you believe in planning out goals and milestones and achieving them that way? I'll admit I was a little skeptical about manifestation and I put that to Nata and we talked about it and she explained to me what it really is and how to embrace it in a rightful way and how she's manifested incredible opportunities in her life, her dream apartment, all kinds of things. So it makes for a really interesting episode and it certainly opened my mind and I'm sure it's going to open yours or maybe just help you actually manifest the things that you want for yourself in 5783. So let's dive into my conversation with Nata. As always, I'd love you to join in as well. DM me at Your Jewish Life or perhaps share a screenshot of yourself listening to the podcast, let me know what you think, and let's continue the conversation and just wishing you the most beautiful new year and Shana Tova. Welcome Nata, it's so good to have you on the podcast. I'm just ashamed we're not together in the same room as we were the last time we met, but this is okay, this is okay. (laughs) Absolutely, I'm, I'm super happy to be here. It's great to see you. We're into the new year, 5783. You know, that momentum that we always have that that feeling of possibility and opportunity at the beginning of a new year. With your expertise, what can we do to make it our best year yet? Wow. So first of all, I would drop the new year's resolutions (laughs) and just focus on your vision that doesn't change in the time at any time during the year, you know? have a vision, create a vision. If you don't have one yet, create one and work on the mindset of simply being unwavering and being committed to that vision. And if you fall off the wagon, everybody does, it's not a big deal. So just always working step-by-step towards the vision. doesn't matter where you are in the year, at the beginning of the year, in the middle, there's always a chance to get back on. And what If someone's feeling, oh gosh, I don't even know what my vision is. Like, where do we even start with a vision? Yeah. So I would always say to follow your excitement and see what things you're really excited about. What do you want more in life? You know, and what I like to also say is, you know, drop the things that society expects of you. Like we're all expected to have big houses 
you know, a certain kind of relationship, a certain kind of job and all these things, I would kind of like step back from that and see what are your authentic desires. So what has your heart always wanted since you were a kid or now that you have evolved into a more, you know, adult person, what are your desires right now that society might maybe deem inappropriate or like childish or stupid, those things, and then follow them and see where that will lead you. It might lead you to a big house and a lot of money, or it might lead you to a slow life, uh, gardening and, uh, I don't know, driving a Jeep in the desert and uh, watching the stars at night. So like really just tune in with what you really want. And can you talk to me about a bit about your own personal story, like how you've used this thinking and, you know, actual stories, either ideally you, I want to hear about you and what you've created in your life. I know you, you're very much into manifestation, which I have to say is something that me personally, I've never quite believed in it. I've always believed in creating opportunities for things to come. Like I don't believe in things, you know, opening my front door and there is the thing that I've wanted. I believe in creating the situation where something might happen. Is that manifestation? Tell me. (laughs) Yeah, I would say it's a combination of definitely aligned action. Like you don't just sit and wait for things to drop into your lap. Manifestation, I would say, is a combination of really being clear of what you want, aligning your mental, emotional state with that desire, and taking aligned action. So a lot of us, you know, want things, but they don't really believe they can have it, right? So that's the mindset and the feeling, knowing that you're worthy of having that, knowing that you are, you're there, you just have to take some action to get there, like physically, but mentally you're there. So when that comes, you're ready to receive. That's, you know, manifestation in a nutshell. The spiritual part, in my opinion, is a lot bigger than the action because actions are simple and the spiritual and the mindset stuff is hard or harder. Yes. Yeah. Mindset is so big. Mindset is what stops us from getting where we want to be. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to me about your own life and how you've used some of these (laughs) techniques and what's happened. (laughs) I'll share. So um, basically my life's journey, I feel like it's a whole ongoing mindset transformation because I I grew up, I mean, I was born in Latvia and I was like all sunshine and rainbows in my opinion, like my childhood. And then we moved to Germany and it was really hard. What age were you when you moved? I was seven when we moved Oh yeah. and it was very young and I didn't know the language. I went to school and the kids were terrible. It was a lot of bullying and it was a lot of like, you know, the whole, when you're a little kid, you cannot explain to yourself why people bully you, right? You don't know, you know, that it's them projecting onto you. You don't understand that as a kid. So you explain to yourself, or that's what I did as a kid. Well, something must be wrong with me. Otherwise they would not keep bullying me, right? They would, they would just stop because I'm good, right? And I really thought for a very long time that the way I am is not good. And so I have to hide it. I have to change myself. My number one like dream was to never like stand out. I didn't want people to talk to me. I didn't want, you know, to be seen. It was the scariest thing for me. Wow, you were internalizing um, everything at such a young age. 
Yeah. 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 I was trying to explain the world to myself, you know, and bullying, that was the only explanation. And so I carried that with me for many, many years. And also like that, you know, because I was carrying that unworthiness within me, I also didn't think that I can have the good things, you know, that you hear about. And then like, actually with the help of, not for the help of my brother, but my brother inspired me to just, you know, pick up some books and read a little bit. I started reading some, you can, you call them self-help books, stuff like that, more about, you know, your personality, your, how to develop um, good habits and then, you know, very practical things. And that just opened up the whole world to me. So yeah. And then with time, I started working on my mindset I, I learned a lot about it. I, I studied something completely different, uh, actually. I studied occupational therapy because I'm also like obsessed with the human body and like all those things. Like I'm geeking out about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have always wanted, I had that dream since I was 18, 19 to have my own business and to have a coaching business. But that was not a thing back then. And in my family, it's like a no-go. Like you go have your academic degree, ideally get a PhD on top of that, <laughs> maybe teach at the university, you know. That's kind of like the home I come from. And I said, all right, so I'll get a degree, but then I'll do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. And I did it. Like, and that's, and you asked me like how about the transformation and manifestation. And this is like also the time where I really dove into that. And I was saying, okay, so let's try that manifestation thing. And I had this list of things I really wanted. I wanted to move to Israel. I wanted to live in Jerusalem. I wanted to, to get married and, you know, all the good things that a nice Jewish girl wants. I want to have my own business, <laughs> yeah. make money off of that. and. I started working on it and there are some magic stories that sound like too good to be true. Like I like to call them the instant manifestation stories and then others took time and an action and commitment and a lot of belief Hard on work. my side. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say like hard work all the time. Sometimes it felt like hard work, especially when it comes to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> but Besides that, I felt like because I was so focused on alignment, a lot of things didn't feel so hard. It was, it was as if I was in flow. So a lot of the things that you say you wanted, I know that you now have. You do live in Israel, you are married, you've got your own successful coaching business. So tell me a little bit about some of those elements um, took longer and some of the, the ones that were in instant and maybe some tips with that for people that are interested in, in in how you achieve these things yeah so what was hard was the move to Israel itself like I thought I'll be able to I'll be able to just you know how do you say it like give my papers to the Israeli government and they'll be like oh great you're Jewish come you know that's that's the stories that you heard, but um, but that I heard at least that you know they want you to come, but actually they make your life a living hell <laughs> before you can immigrate, and that was the most challenging thing for me mentally. And Wait, well, in what way? I mean, that's an excessive. Give me some examples. Okay, so I'm Jewish uh, by my, from my mother's side. Okay, 
So in my birth certificate, it's written that I'm Jewish and my mom's and my grandma's, you know, and those documents weren't enough for them to prove that I'm Jewish. The proof of Jewishness is the hardest thing here. Uh-huh. Like the documents you need are like, how do they come up with these demands? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I didn't have most of them because a lot of documents were lost in the war. Some you just cannot get. And it was, it w- I had a lot of exceptions in my immigration process because it was also in the middle of COVID and no one was in their offices. And they said, oh, you're not going to, you're not going to immigrate, like, forget about it. They said, literally the immigration uh, guy told me, oh, like, and like till your quote unquote immigration, it's like until the moon. Right. And that's when I was tested the most. And I literally like, I sat in my meditations and my manifestations and two weeks later, thank God they gave me the okay. And I left. That was really hard. It took yeah, like eight months to, or yeah, something. You use your the power of focus and your mindset yeah. and determination and not to be dissuaded to, from your goal, from your dream. Yeah. Yes. So that was really hard. <laughs> and what about you said some of the things happened instantly, instant manifestation? Yeah. Um, so the apartment that we live in, for example, that's a, a miracle story in my opinion. Because we have to hear Jerusalem, <laughs> yes, Jerusalem, like you know, Israel is now like one of the most expensive countries in the world, Tel Aviv being the most expensive city, and Jerusalem is really not far from that. So, apartment rents are like super high, and it's really hard to find a good apartment. You know, it takes months for people to find something good here. And I had the highest standards as a new immigrant, I wanted to feel home. Okay, so I had very high criteria. I wanted to have a new apartment that's renovated. (laughs) You know, all these like dreamy things. I wanted to have my own office. So it needed an extra room. And, you know, all these kind of things that, you know, I wanted to feel comfortable in. And my partner, he wanted it to be in a very specific location. Like super, my husband, (laughs) I'm not used to calling him (laughs) my husband yet. He wanted a very specific location and a very specific price point. And if somebody would listen to us talk about the apartment that we want, they would say it's impossible to find. Like it's impossible to find what you want, Nata, in the location that he wants for that price point. And, you know, my husband was starting to tell me, you know, Nata, like you have to put down your expectations. It's probably not going to be possible. Like you see the market, right? It's not going to work out. Like really, it's not going to work out. Please like be realistic. Oh, that sentence, by the way, be realistic. I hear it so often. And when somebody tells me that, I'm like, no, (laughs) not going to be realistic. Before we even started fighting, I said, trust me, it's all going to work out. And even before we actually went to look for apartments. Like the decision was made. I was on vacation in Germany. Two weeks later, we had appointments uh, to go look for apartments. And he found some okay places. I found one apartment that had no pictures, that had a description of being a nice apartment, being new and renovated, being in like really in front of, you know, the, the central park of Jerusalem just a beautiful location. And I was like, whoa, and the price point is exactly the, the one that we were looking for. 
And, you know, we said, let's go see the apartment on the first day. So I made the appointment. We went. And the moment we entered, it was the last apartment we went to see on that day. I was like, whoa, blown away. It was like beautiful. We had no picture, so I didn't know what to expect. It was a private entrance. It was, you know, two floors. And like, it was, it was perfect. Yeah. It had like an old wall. It's, it has like this old wall in, in the kitchen and this Jerusalem stone. And, and like, we immediately said, we're going to take it. And so we found that apartment that's impossible to find literally on the first day. So how do you, some people would say, well, you were fortunate, you were focused, you were determined, you wouldn't give up, you, you're, you had a little bit of luck on your side, you were in the right place at the right time. How is all that different to the fact that you manifested it? What does that mean yeah. that you manifested so, it? Yeah, so if, when I want to manifest something, I get really, really clear on what I want. I'm not just like, okay with any outcome. I want a specific outcome. And so I, I specifically journal about it. I write out exactly what I want to happen. So I write out exactly what kind of apartment I want with an option for a surprise that's better. Also in my business, I was like manifesting, you know, that I will go full time within a time frame between like four to 12 months. I wanted to go full time. Like I made it in six months. I have also written out how exactly I want it to, to happen. And it happened exactly that way. So there is a big component of being clear and being determined, but also a big component on trusting that, you know, that God has a bigger plan for you and that things are going to align in the way that they should align. Um, and so it's like a balance between having a good grip on what you want and working towards it emotionally, spiritually, and through action and also letting go and trusting. And do you think also when you write something down, you become more, more focused on the goal, more accountable? Um, I mean, it's kind of, there's some practical sides to it. And then there's also the sort of spiritual putting it out there, right? It's the two playing together. Absolutely. And, and are you, are you, are there some things that just don't happen or do you find in your life that you're manifesting and things whatever it is eventually it it happens whether it's instant or sometimes takes years yeah so both there are things that take years and things that are really quick so it's actually very interesting like there are things on the list like if I look back on all my lists yeah I'd say like 90% comes true the things that don't come true I look back on and it's like, yeah, like it doesn't sit well with me, right? The conference, like where we met, for example, Juice Talk Justice, it was a thing that I, it was literally on my, on my thing. The actual Juice not, Talk not, the, not this, not this conference, but something conference. of that yeah. kind. Wow. Yeah. Or I had like a collaboration with a company that, that was like big and I really wanted to work with like a big cool team of people that I've never done before also came true when I just when I just started illustrating what I used to illustrate back then was also yeah it was like a lot of things that manifested you know that um, were really cool and they happened but then there are things that don't happen and there are like two in my opinion two reasons why they don't happen 
one it's either not really aligned and there's like something like that doesn't sit right or it's me like my mindset is like off I like, there was... I, like, I like what you're saying is that you're owning the power you know when we we take it on ourselves we're not waiting for something to happen we're not waiting for a situation to change we're not relying on someone else to bring in the opportunity that you know you're taking full responsibility for your destiny and doing all the things so how does mindset play a part what's a healthy mindset to create an abundant life yeah also like I want to I want to talk about what you just said about owning things yeah it's actually like Rabbi Zaks you know he yeah legend he also says all the time that Jews um, have the mindset of if things go good then we bless God we thank God for like you know bringing that goodness into our lives but if things don't go well we have to take responsibility that we have to ask ourselves like what did we do in order for like that that happened that not good thing happened and 100% my mindset like if good things happen I'm like Okay, I mean, I did work for something, but like it's out of my hands. So, is there a like, Jewish really angle like... to your to what you're doing, or do you just happen to be a Jewish woman who's who's <laughs> in the, just... you know, or does your Jewish values, heritage, spirit, everything like that kind of mix in with with your your style of doing things? Hundred percent. Yeah. Most people don't know that, but like a hundred percent, yeah. In what way? Uh, I like all the spiritual stuff for me there is no separation for me like between you know the universe and that whole talk and god and you know the whole tradition is i think shabbat is one of the biggest blessings like since i started keeping it in you know, like eight years ago i was like how did i survive without mm. that goodness <laughs> what do you like, do on shabbat tell me how you mark shabbat i keep it pretty much a hundred percent I would say like everything like electronics are off the food is cooking by itself on Saturday we host we like I bake a lot and I you know beautiful the full spectrum go on a walk on Saturday yeah (laughs) take a Shabbat nap (laughs) oh yeah Um, I know and and then you feel energized it's I love that phrase have you heard that phrase it's something like, I'm not saying it right, but something like Jews have kept Shabbat, but in turn, Shabbat has kept the Jews. Like we yes. need it once yes. a week, you know, to, to survive, to keep going, to yeah. build on the resilience. So yeah, how does that say keeping Shabbat play a part in your work, in your... It's like on Shabbat, I had my greatest business ideas. Yes, yes. Stepping away, <laughs> stepping away from yeah. And do yeah, you, what do like, you do when you can't write them down? <laughs> oh yeah. I struggle with that. Yeah. I literally, it's the hardest honestly, thing. <laughs> I, I have this uh, life hack, which usually is used when you're too tired to, to when, go out of bed in the morning and the night, but you have to remember something. So I do the same for Shabbat. Like when I cannot write something down. So I have this incredible idea. So I think it's through, get all the details in my head and I take a random object 
and put it in the middle of the living room that it's going to disturb me oh that's so clever what a great hack <laughs> and to remind me of that until after shabbat and then it i needed up. that go on give me some more life jewish life hack <laughs> that is genius so clever <laughs> Just want to take a brief moment to tell you about my community, Smashing Life. It's a beautiful Jewish community that I'd absolutely love you to be a part of. It's a place to build the life you want on your terms, empowered by a community of like-minded Jewish women from all over the world. We have masterclasses and parties and get-togethers and socials and so much more. Um, why don't I hand over to Ashley, one of our members from Los Angeles, and she can tell you what it's all about. So my favorite thing about being in Smashing Life is that it provides access to basically a group of friends where it's safe to share things that are good, that are bad, and things that you would never share publicly, like, I just took a pregnancy test and it came back negative. This sucks, everybody commiserate with me, or someone at work just threw me under the bus, and you know, people are so supportive, or you get to share something positive, like, you know, I just got a promotion at work, but I can't share it yet because it hasn't been announced yet. You can just share everything with each other and get you know support you can get just your group of friends cheering you on or commiserating with you supporting you for whatever you need and it's it's so special so there you have it that smashing life it's an incredible community membership club for jewish women and i'd love you to join just head to smashinglife.club smashinglife.club and join today so talk to me more about how Judaism, obviously you live in Israel, but, you know, beyond the wonderful highs and lows of Israeli day to day, how does Judaism play a part in your, in your life now? And I'm also interested to know about, should we start with your childhood? How did it play a role in your life growing up, Judaism? Yeah, so in my childhood, it was very, like, it felt like I had a kind of a double life because and my home is not so traditional. I mean, it's not traditional at all. Uh, we're Jewish. We have that like knowing that we're Jewish. And it wasn't like a negative thing to be Jewish, but it was more like, you know, keep it on the low, on the down low. Like, don't tell people you're Jewish, especially in Germany. It's like, I mean, Germans in general, they're really nice. But there are these instances where, I mean, you can get attacked or it's not so safe. And even though those instances are rare, that would have been like told in my childhood. So I didn't feel so comfortable with, you know, being Jewish in Germany. Displaying um, it, displaying it outside the home. You mean it was very much yeah. something you kept in. Did you have Jewish friends? Yeah, most of my friends were Jewish. But the thing is that, you know, it, it felt like I was still like hiding a part of my identity. Mm. And th that felt really uncomfortable. Like I wasn't in a Jewish private school and I went to, a summer camp and things like that that was really enriching for me yeah it was like still you have life outside of the Jewish community and that life doesn't feel as authentic when you when you can't when you're not accepted as who you are yeah and it sort of ties into what you were saying earlier about the bullying and like internalizing who you are as well like yeah it's amazing this this transformation how you've 
how you work through it to, into adulthood. So, so you had a sort of Jewish childhood, as it were, festivals, and did you keep Shabbat at yeah. home as a family? No, no, nothing, nothing. Right, it really, it, was, it wasn't. Yeah, I picked it up myself. Did you do the holidays? I like when I was sixteen, I started diving deeper into like tradition and culture, and like learning more about Judaism, and that's when I said all right I'm going to give it a try and I went to you know Shabbat dinners and like shortly after I started keeping it myself more and and then like and I just took it all understood like wow that part of Judaism I want my future kids to have that that's so enriching and and then I started like doing more and more and more things and it just all felt so good and natural and like I'm coming home you know to to my roots yeah. And so you, you were living in Germany right up until a couple of years ago when you moved to Israel. And yeah. how has that how has that been for you, the move to Israel? Um, it was like coming home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like uh, you know the cliche that people say, but, but it's true. It's yeah, like that feeling true. even as a tourist when you land in Israel, it's home. It's yeah. It's 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 a and it must really tie into you sort of feeling so liberated to just be who you are. Yeah. Everyone is so authentic in Israel. Exactly, you're going to be authentic. Yeah, exactly. You're you're. It's not weird for you to just like dance by yourself in the park just because you're in the mood. You know. Yeah. People won't everyone even else look around at you. you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's I, a weirdo here, and it feels very nice to be a weirdo. I had um I had a similar experience when I. I was growing up in London and, um, you know, London has, you know, society, like any country, like you in Germany, kind of expectations from society, from our family, from the expectations we put on ourselves. And then I, I went to, I'd always been to Israel every summer, but it's completely different when you actually, you know, live there for a while. And I went after university, my early twenties, I lived there for a couple of years. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me because like, like we say, it was, I was just looking around me, looking at everybody just being themselves and they didn't care if they came across a little bit rude or a little bit direct or a little bit, there's no stepping on eggshells, you know? And it was like, okay, well, I'm going to be who I am. And it was just the most amazing thing that I needed. And it was, it set me up for adulthood, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's so liberating. So what do you love about living in Israel? What are your favorite things? My favorite thing, like one of my favorite things is the freedom to be who you are. Also in the way that you're Jewish, like it's not a big deal here. And it's like, yeah, you, you walk on the street, you wear what you feel comfortable wearing, you know, you, you go, you observe what you want to observe. You have all the options here. You yes. can do nothing. You can do everything. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. I also love the the vibe, you know, like the the straightforwardness, the simplicity of, you know, this is how you do life, you know. The people here, like the the Israelis that grow up here, they have such a such a I mean, what what's the wild word that I'm looking for? Not a wild way of living, but a very um it's that sense you know, of freedom again, isn't it? Of it's like you know you wake up you do your thing you, yeah. you enjoy life yeah there's you, so much aliveness here exactly because life is precious we're so aware of our existence yes. in israel our the value of life because we're constantly 
not be able to take life for granted in Israel and you mm-hmm. get damn well go and live your life and enjoy your life but you know there's no time to sit around and be miserable and just wish your life mm-hmm. away no it's really really refreshing and uh inspiring and um what 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 about maybe someone who's listening who's thinking of moving to Israel like what would you say about the adjustment and have you made friends easily and like how has it been actually settling into to life in Israel yeah so this definitely I I was just lucky because it was just for me it was a good timing and I moved in with my now husband did you meet him in Israel oh you met no I met him in Germany yeah yeah it was I was unrelated like I was supposed to move to Israel anyway and we just met at such a good time that we like decided all right like we're dating for a year already in Germany let's he was going to go back to Israel and oh he's from Israel and living in Germany yeah yeah, but oh. he's also German, so oh, gorgeous. Um, <laughs> he's uh, his mom is German, um, so yeah, it's like a nice, very good fit. So yeah. I moved in with him immediately. So I was uh, also with his friends often, so I learned the language yeah. quickly. But yeah. if somebody wants to move to Israel, there's so many wonderful programs here that help you integrate, where you make friends instantly because they're all your age. Most of them probably have your the same interests as you, and you learn Hebrew, which they give you everything for free in the whole courses. You get money to support yourself the first half a year, and you really, really can like ha- have a successful immigration if you inform yourself in advance. Also, like uh, like there is this organization which is huge. It works with you know Americans and Canadians, which is called Nefesh Benefesh, and they help you with everything so we'll link to that in the show notes nefesh benefesh and so it seems like you're in a a really wonderful period in your life you've just got married you've moved to israel which is a life and dream your business your apartment i bet you're you're enjoying you're enjoying this this wonderful period after what you what sounded like a quite a difficult time growing up so, so far in your life, I mean, this is a big question, but what's the most important thing you've learned in your life, you know, so far? There's so many things that pop up, but like one of the most important things is that life that I learned really and internalized was that life is really simple. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't mean it's easy, right? It doesn't mean there are not, no hard things. And Um, like I've been through a lot of hard things Um, it's really that it's simple and we overcomplicate so much I overcomplicated a lot and it's like a tendency that we have that it's easier to overcomplicate something than to simplify because simplifying means to let go and to take it easy (laughs) sounds very very appealing so what talk to me more about living simply in this crazy crazy world of too much there's too much option too much too much availability to us in in this century so how do we how do we live simply um I feel like a big step of that is knowing yourself and knowing what you stand for knowing your values and who you are and from there you can just make decisions a lot easier and not regret your decisions and you know live in alignment with what you stand for and, you know, there's so many ways that you can simplify your life, you know, from your home to your work, to your relationships, you know, we don't have to have complexity in our lives. 
And when we have that mindset from the beginning, we also tend to not overcomplicate things, right? Like there is bureaucracy in the world that exists. It's a part of our existence, but also there, like, like a mindset of simplicity. And what I like to ask myself, myself before I go into things is how would it look like if it were simple? And then my mind, like when you ask yourself a question, right? Like the mind produces answers immediately. And so I asked myself, how would it look like if my immigration process would be simpler? How would it look like to have to, to have a simple business? You know, what are the core things and what are the extras? And just stick to the simplicity. And that's like a theme in my entire life and made my life a lot more enjoyable because there's a lot more room and space to actually enjoy the things that you love. And also space to open up for new things to come in as well. You found a way for things to sort of happen. This is a wonderful period in your life. Um, you know, what do we do? What do you do when things don't go to plan? And obviously you said earlier about, well, you realized that maybe that was not aligned. It was not part of the plan, but what else can you do to, you know, if someone's feeling like, you know, things just aren't going my way, this isn't happening. I'm not getting to where I want to be. You know, what, what would be your advice? Yeah, so it really depends on the situation and, and some things are really out of our control. And no matter how good we are or how like, you know, good of a person we are and how responsible we are for our actions, sometimes things don't go as we want them to go, right? And when these things happen, in my opinion, we have to find the lesson in the situation, the wisdom, what can we extract from that situation and commit to that commit to that to that lesson and integrate it into one's own life and I just had like that that the last two months uh were unfortunately very very tragic in my life because my grandfather passed away in oh, a very sorry. dramatic way yeah mm. and I'm yeah it's uh, very sad and and it's like one of those things right you cannot do anything about it and so the way that I see it at least like the way it doesn't matter if it's someone passing away or another dramatic thing happened in your life, right? What's the lesson that you can extract from that, right? Like what I learned from my grandfather, I'm right now committing to that, to keeping that in the world, you know, the love, the kindness that you spread, the, the incredible, you know, warmth, that emanated from his, you know, eyes. I really want to keep that in the world. So that's what I'm holding on to. Find something to hold on to, to kind of like bridge you over that hard time because hard times always pass. They always pass. And, and, and that's like my mantra. I used to have a ring uh, that this too shall pass, right? Um, and it's going to pass. So have some something good to hold on to. That's beautiful and, and really, really good tips. Do you have on the subject of big questions, do you have a tip for making the world a better place in general? In general, I think being the embodiment of love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spreading love in all the little and big ways that you can possibly do it. Like send love notes to your loved ones and uh, hide, the, I don't know, some cute things in, in your husband's bag or, you know, just... Smile at Be a stranger. Love. Yeah. Smile at a stranger. Compliment a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, what I like to say is also like comment under other people's posts. Say something nice to people who are completely different than you are. 
Yes, completely. Speaking of posts, you've got a wonderful Instagram account. We will link to it in uh, in the show notes. Mm. Really, really engaging. Really, you know, vulnerable. You open up, but also loads of tips. It's a must follow. We'll link to it in the show notes. Go follow Nata if you don't already. I'm sure most of you do. But I want to ask you just from a sort of Jewish point of view. It's not a, a Jewish account. It's 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 you know it's part of part of you and it's your account. But does does having that platform encourage you to be openly and unapologetically Jewish? Is it part? You know, has it? How, how does how does it? How do you play it out on your? Because you've got quite a big yes. following, and is it is it a part of of your profile? It's. I mean, sometimes I do write in my in my bio that I'm Jewish, and sometimes I do share Jewish things, like you know, holiday celebrations, Jerusalem, Israel, me baking, but. Sometimes I don't, sometimes it doesn't feel safe <laughs> to be completely honest. Like something I'm working through to be a lot more open in general. And with that being a lot more open and authentic in my Jewishness, I have not completely let go of that feeling of, you know, not being hated or like being hated for being Jewish. It's when we had that conflict in Israel last year, it has been it has been the biggest heartbreak for so many, including me. And it felt like, wow, you know, we're splitting so much, you know, Jews and Arabs, and we should be together. We should, you know, stay strong together. But at the same time, there are a lot of beautiful people. And there are also a lot of people who will attack you just because you're Jewish. It doesn't matter if you have a political opinion or not. And that has been like it has it has been almost traumatizing that one month of conflict and so after that I'm trying to find my footing again with being openly Jewish in an online space that doesn't always feel safe mm. and I it, and for me it's like it's not about courage or being scared it's about my how emotionally involved I am because being Jewish and being proud and I am really, I feel so connected with the Jewish people. I don't know why, like I'm overly connected. Emotionally, I feel it so much. I think we all are. And, <laughs> yeah, but some people are more sensitive. Some people are less yeah. sensitive. Yes. You know, and I feel like I'm overly sensitive with this. So that one month of conflict was, well, heartbreaking. And so for me, showing that part of me online is sometimes really hard because I don't want it to be attacked you know I don't want us to be attacked mm. but at I the mean, same time it's not yeah. a way to be right hiding is not um, exactly like I was I was thinking about the transformations you've made since childhood incredible positive transformations and I was uh, but having said that you you don't need to be you know um, publicly Jewish on something like Instagram you are a proud proud Jew living a proud Jewish life and that's the most important way to combat anti-semitism is to be to be proud and to have Jewish pride and you don't you know if you do it on your Instagram account it doesn't matter you know it's the fact that you are proudly Jewish I'm sure you wear a star of David or you you know you keep Shabbat you all these things that the more the hate exists, the more we need to be proudly Jewish. And whether it yeah. seeps into part of your public persona is is for you to decide. But there's no there's no rules around that. But it sounds like it's like the final step of your kind of freedom of who you are, right? Like if you just, just 
Yeah, well, I've no doubt with you, Nata, that, that that's just the next step away. So look, we're going to finish up with some fun, quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> you can answer in either one word or you can extend and tell the whole story if you want. It's up to you. Okay, well, let's go. <laughs> what is your favorite Jewish holiday? Shabbat. <laughs> Does it count? Sure. I love it. I don't know whether this is going to be the same answer. What is your favorite Jewish tradition? <laughs> Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay. Or you can give me a favorite okay. Jewish holiday instead. <laughs> okay, so my favorite Jewish holiday after that would be Rosh Hashanah. How fitting. Definitely. I love yes. it. I love it very much. Yes. I'm all for renewal. Yes. <laughs> and yes. my favorite tradition is Shabbat. Everything around it. I know you've recently got married. So Mazal Tov Festival. And second of all, smashing the glass or a big horror? you had to choose one smashing the glass yeah smashing the glass favorite yiddish word <laughs> favorite yiddish word i mean there's i don't know why i'm blank right now there's so many yiddish words i'm using in my day-to-day life you know how they say oh this is all just haloimis <laughs> haloimis so that that's like a funny one this feels like a granny <laughs> bit of a deeper one here what keeps you up at night Ooh, what keeps me up at night wasting not being able to live up to my full potential if you could have a billboard with anything on it what would it be and why I'd say that you're going to be okay you're going to be okay in huge letters on the Times Square or something like that because more people need to to remember that it's okay that whatever they're going through it's going to pass and things are going to get better and that we are allowed to just chill out in the moment I love that and I know you have a, a podcast of your own so this next question is which Jewish celebrity would you most want to interview on your podcast Oh, Jewish celebrity. Oh, Jewish person. (laughs) Okay, so there is this woman who is kind of a celebrity over here. I mean, she is a celebrity over here. Her name is Yamima Mizrahi. She's like a magician. Mm, She's insane. Like the stories you hear about her. I actually knew her as the lady in the park. She walks around here sometimes and... On Shabbat, we see her and she looks at me with her magical eyes and says with the warmest voice, Shabbat Shalom, without having, I didn't, I didn't know her. Oh. Only later I found out that she is a very, very influential spiritual leader in uh, Israel. And the stories you hear about her, her blessings, the blessings that she gives to people who like biologically cannot have children, get pregnant the day after or like you well, know I think you you need to manifest getting her on your podcast <laughs> sounds she like she's coming actually... to your life you know I mean this is yeah. gonna happen this is gonna happen let me know when it does um two more yeah. questions for you Nata what small thing or it can be a big thing if you like what small thing is bringing you joy lately walks on a sunny day in the park while listening to podcasts. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give you I did two more questions. Our penultimate question is, what does your Jewish life, your way mean to you? Mm-hmm. Wow. Not caring what people expect of me. 
when it comes to being Jewish uh, and not fitting into a box, like keeping my Jewish identity, but also keeping my own individuality and not feeling like I have to mold myself into my Jewish self. Like those things can exist at the same time. My unique identity with my unique likes and dislikes and my Jewish tradition and culture, and it can blend together. That's beautiful. And finally, I ask all my guests this. If you could have Friday night dinner with any three Jewish people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Okay, so Rabbi Zucks, I would love to have a conversation with him. In my opinion, he's he is still, you know, even though he passed away, unfortunately, the the biggest, one of the most important leaders uh, of our time. And I would love to have Friday dinner with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I would, I have sometimes dreams of them have nothing to do with Chabad or not much at least. I sometimes, you know, would love to know what he would tell me if I would go on a visit to him, you know, that would be also magical. And the third person, I would say my grandpa. Oh, beautiful. Three men. I think you're the first guest to yeah. go for three, three men. <laughs> good, good, good for you. Three older men too. <laughs> yes. So listen, Chag Rosh Hashanah Sameach. It's been so good to have you on the podcast. And yeah, yeah you take care. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Chag Sameach, everyone. Quick reminder that the Jewish Joy Journal is available to pre-order from today through till September 29 and I would love you to get your hands on it. It is the daily practice to feel happier, more connected and more confident from the inside out as a Jew in 22. It is my baby, my passion. I brought everything about our mission of your Jewish life your way into a tangible product and I think you're going to love it. It's part goal planner, part gratitude journal, and part non-judgmental Jewish BFF. And this channel will fill your life with daily joy, purpose, and nourishing Jewish values. So head on over to jewishjoyjournal.com and grab your journal today.